Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. I'm Tom Martin, and for this first interview in a series about the ruminant industry, I'm joined from Auburn, Alabama, by Evelyn Green, born and raised on a farm that included a beef operation in the largest beef-producing county in Alabama. She has been managing her family farm's row crop and cow-calf operations since 1982 and has for 25 years been an advocate and promoter of the beef industry. Today, Evelyn is president of the agricultural grassroots organization American National Cattle Women, an organization with 27 state affiliates across the USA. Welcome to Ag Future, Evelyn. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me on today. It's a pleasure to be with you. And first, tell us about the organization that you lead. Yes, sir. Uh, the American National Cattle Women is a voice for women uh, who share a passion for the beef community with a focus of beef promotion, education, and legislation. The American National Cattle Women's Association is a grassroots association uh, with a tremendous history uh, with a shared passion and shared voice. We have a successful record of positively promoting beef and the beef industry and in 1952, cattle women had the foresight to organize their individual messages into a strong national voice, which is now the American National Cattle Women's Association. At Alltech, we talk often about our vision of a planet of plenty, our belief that agriculture has the greatest potential to shape the future of our planet. And I know that your organization also educates about and promotes the beef industry's positive role in sustainability. Can, can you share with us some of the ways American National Cattle Women is advocating for beef producers? Yes, sir, Tom. I would love to share with uh, you my visions on that. Uh, with ANCW, the American National Cattle Women, uh, as president in 2020 and now in 2021, uh, the promotion of our next uh, year is going to be about the generations. And my theme has been Beef for Generations. And this theme merges uh, with the Alltech vision of Planet of Plenty. And as cattle women, uh, our goal is to set the stage for providing a healthy, wholesome, and high-quality protein for a growing world population, utilizing beef as our foundation. And beef contains high-quality protein with essential amino acids, needed for growing human population. In addition, uh, it is loaded with an abundance of nutrients that meet our daily nutrient allowances. Uh, it is well known for its supply of zinc and essential mineral necessaries to uh, carry out our body processes and include immunity as well as iron uh, that is essentially, especially needed for women in our daily diets. Uh, lean beef is very wholesome. Uh, certainly tasty uh, selection for feeding your family this day and time. Our association works extremely hard in providing factual information about the beef and in the diet. Additionally, we deliver quality programs for women uh, working in the beef cattle industry. One of our programs that we have highlighted uh, in this year is our WIRED program. It's called Women in Ranching, Education and Development, and also our K-12 through programs for our youth. And these play a significant role in the development of our next generations. Uh, we focus on both youth and collegiate in the training. We have a collegiate beef advocacy program and the work uh, that each state affiliate plays in their local youth programs plays back into the factor of this for the American National Cattlewomen and being an advocate for our industry. 
You know, Evelyn, you can't talk about anything these days without bringing the pandemic into it somehow. Uh, so let's bring that into the discussion. Um, are strategies in play to get the meatpacking industry back in full force while at the same time providing a safe and healthy working environment for the people in the industry? Tom, like all other major industries, the pandemic created chaos all across the U.S. Uh, restaurants closed, reducing consumption of beef while dining out. Uh, consumers began buying beef and meat from the grocery stores all over at the same time when transitioned to social distancing in our harvest facilities uh, for the employees' safety broke a link in the supply chain. So this link has been reconnected, and today... I believe it has made our supply chain, the beef supply chain, much stronger. And before the pandemic, we would have never envisioned a collapse like we have experienced. But today, all segments recognize the possibility and have become very innovative and forward-thinking to continue what we do best, and that's to provide high-quality protein for the table. The meatpacking harvest facilities were hit hard simply because of the volume of beef that must move through our facilities while maintaining a safe environment for the employees. So our harvest facilities are essential, and their primary focus is to maintain worker safety. Without healthy employees, the supply chain stalls, and they are the bread and butter for success. They are working closely with the health officials, developing employee programs to meet employee needs during this crisis. And harvest facilities are now meeting the demands of harvesting cattle that are ready for the market and ready to eat. Have you noticed any changes in beef consumption over this past year during the pandemic? Well, Tom, you know, people must eat. So obviously, when grocery store shelves were empty, people really struggled but that was the same for all perishable foods. And I believe it's a greater emphasis uh, we placed on how to manage the flow of perishable foods, especially our meat products, in the future as we problem solve and evaluate the effective uh, and how, it, uh, ha- how we handled this pandemic and had a, a food supply. Meals at home, is this an opportunity to get beef more uh, present on the the home menu? Well, Tom, this is where the American National Cattle Women really feel at home. Uh, We have worked hard over the years to educate the family on safe and tasty food preparation at home. And in today's lifestyle, this often includes quick meals for the family that provide high nutrition and nutrient-rich foods like beef. We have connected with uh, collegiate uh, groups all across the U.S., to train these young minds and how to prepare a quick, easy, nutritional beef meal for their families and for their peers on campuses or even at home while they had to be at home during COVID. Of course, COVID has really impacted in-person gatherings, and I'm just wondering if if that's having a big impact on national cattle meetings uh, this year, if they're going to go virtual or if there are plans to uh, eventually gather in person. As we've seen uh, this past year, we had had a transition into virtual meetings. But face-to-face meetings are happening in some parts of the country where uh, it can be done safely. Uh, me and my husband recently attended the Missouri Cattlemen's and Cattlewomen's Annual Convention, and it was a face-to-face environment. 
we did practice the social distancing and, and wearing our masks and sanitization for our hands. But um, I have also traveled to Oregon Cattlemen's and Cattlewomen's Convention and also Denver for meetings, and it was safe. Uh, I've I seen no problems. We ha- just uh, made sure that we were uh, doing the recommended safety, social distancing, and wearing our masks and sanitizing our hands. And I believe we will continue to use a hybrid model of meetings with some being face-to-face and others still being virtual as we continue to work through this pandemic. Certainly the implementation of the vaccine in 2021 will definitely help return to us a new normal. Mm -hmm. The uh, new Biden administration is moving pretty aggressively against climate change with a variety of approaches to reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And, And just today, the day of this interview, uh, General Motors announced that they are going all electric by 2035, and I imagine by the time that this uh, podcast reaches our listeners, others will have followed suit. I wonder if you envision the beef industry supporting this drive to cut the American contribution to climate change. Tom, you know, as we look forward, we are um, actually looking forward to working with uh, President Biden and his administration as they recognize the positive role agriculture plays in addressing climate concerns. U.S. cattle producers are advanced. They have advanced technologies in genetics and grazing management to make uh, their their herds more sustainable in the world. And I think we appreciate the outreach and opportunity that we'll have to provide feedback and demonstrating what U.S. cattle producers are, and they are a role model for this, for the globe. Uh, and for sustainable beef production. And I think today uh, it will be uh, one of our benefits to be able to uh, allow that to be recognized as a positive role in agriculture. Uh, Most scientists recognize climate change as something that is very real. And I believe the beef industry and all of agriculture supports effective and realistic change that is balanced and well thought out. But however, When we make changes, legislation, laws, without fully weighing all the ramifications of those changes, it is very possible to do more harm to our society and future societies. We must realize that every action has a reaction. And sometimes I look at legislation that has been written, the laws that are made, and statements made by politicians on both sides of the aisle and just kind of shake my head in amazement. Logical and common sense while weighing in scientific facts is the best way to go, Tom. I've always believed politics has sometimes has a place but really doesn't have a place if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes life to everybody, I think. Yes. And when I hear some of the suggestions in climate legislation that are related to greenhouse gases, I've always said, you know, be careful what you ask for or you might just get it and the outcome would be devastating. Uh, So we have to be careful what we ask for. Uh, And the reason, you know, this is, is uh, we have, even like today, with the cattle graze on grasslands that are not, uh, they say it's not conducive to any other parts of the greenhouse, and we have to be careful with that. These are valuable uh, assets to our industry in a sustainable future. And the ruminant animals consume food products that are not directly consumed by humans. So therefore, that converted that product to a tasty edible beef that we enjoy. So we transitioned to the production of large qualities, you know, of alcohol from fuel in our vehicles in the 1990s. 
And uh, this process generated millions and tons of corn distillers grains. And uh, without animal production, this organic material would be put into waste dumps. So there's another uh, way of looking at uh, how this will be beneficial to uh, our agriculture and the beef industry. There's a twist or a wrinkle, whatever you want to call it, coming from across the Atlantic uh, in an interview, in our previous interview, actually, about the European Green Deal and how that's bringing changes to farming in Europe. We heard that there's a push in Europe, at least, towards changing diets to more plant-based versus meat-based. Do you see that happening in the U.S.? And this is a very interesting aspect, Tom, and I appreciate you bringing it to light, especially with me working with the beef industry. Uh, We must make sure that people continue to consume a healthy and nutrition-rich diet. Uh, Much of the push for this in Europe as well as the U.S. and other parts of the world is based on false, opinionated, and biased information, in my opinion. Uh, And I believe uh, it was maybe, I believe, Dr. Temple Grandin that said, if we don't eat beef, then the only role for cattle would be to be found in a zoo. So there again, if we don't use cattle to convert non-edible products impossible to put in the human diet, then we lose a tremendous opportunity to feed the world population. I do believe that our generations to come, uh, moving to the future with food security, will be significant problems. And this doesn't make sense to take animal products products off the plate. It doesn't. That provides a nutrient-dense food when a face uh, depletion of food is in the future. If we thought about COVID and the creative problems that we have, we need to realize that there is no vaccine that will ever be able to overcome the devastation of food insecurity in the world. You know, the Green Deal is a great example of uh, be careful of what you ask for. The ramifications of society are great. So uh, there again, I think we have to be mindful of what we are portraying as nutritious, rich proteins in our diet, Tom. Okay. Well, let's come back to your organization and what it's been about since 1952, really, and probably realizing it now in in this era, uh, and that is women taking more leadership roles in the beef industry. Is is that happening? Uh, Yes, sir. We've had uh, women in agriculture all across the U.S., Uh, like you said earlier, in our 27 affiliate states. And uh, women are playing many important roles in the support of food production and education for the global population. And women are rolling up their sleeves and getting to work on their farms and ranches all over the country and the world. United States Department of Agriculture statistics show that 44% of American farmers and ranchers are women, Tom. Uh, these agriculture enterprises have a $12.9 billion impact on our economy. Yes, women are very important in agriculture, I would say. Uh, many more women support the global food crisis through education and promotion, and the American National Cattle Women's Association plays a critical role in both production and promotion of the high-quality food protein uh, of beef and cattle. The American National Cattle Women's is, you know, we're strong, enthusiastic women, And we'll stand behind what we believe in. And a lot of women run ag operations, and we're proud to say that, Tom. Well, what is your best advice, Evelyn Green, for a young woman who's interested in pursuing a career in the beef industry? This is always one of my favorite questions to answer. I love working with youth and and getting their minds going about the industry and what it means 
But my foundation, it was filled with American values like hard work and the importance of family, loyalty to God and our country, and a rugged determination to persevere. And to me, the beef community is a snapshot of all things that have made America great. And I have ultimately succeeded in the face of all kinds of adversity with my foundation from my family farm, and that is how I decided to work in the beef industry. But a few pointers I always like to give would be to pursue an agriculture or animal science, meat science, or business degree. Have some hands-on nature of instructions and the need for networking as a skill, which then creates opportunity for future research. Develop a professional network. That's very important. And I always said, do not box yourself into your home county, your home state. Be ready and available to seek opportunity all over the United States. Another aspect I always like to tell them, if you love what you do, then you will always want to go to work. And it is amazing and rewarding adventure to be working with the cattle women this day and time. That's Evelyn Green. She's president of the agricultural grassroots organization American National Cattle Women, and she talks with us from Auburn, Alabama. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure being on today. Join us for the rest of this series as we reflect on how the agriculture industry adapted in 2020 and speak with experts on what's in store for agri-food in 2021. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.